welcome to the fifth episode of The Sample Study. I'm very glad that you're here for the middle of our first season of the show. The date is Thursday, May 25th, 2017, and I'm your host, Too Mellow, standing at attention in front of my music production software. Here at The Sample Study, I take just one sampled song per episode, take the song it is sampled in, recreate the beat by hand, and analyze how the producer who sampled it got from having a record in their hand to having the sample on a record of their own. Two things. Um, so moving forward to season two, I think that's when I'm actually going to start doing a lot of the listener requests. So for the next five episodes, don't expect a lot of those to be touched on. But season two may in fact be a fully requested season. We'll see. Uh, and there's actually been a new development in the sampling world, potentially, that I'm going to discuss after we make today's beat. I didn't really expect this to be the kind of show on which I have news stories that often, but it's something that could be very significant. I'm also going to explain exactly how artists go about clearing samples, or not clearing samples, for legal use later on. Today we're here to talk about De La Soul's Millie Pulled a Pistol on Santa, a song with a silly name but a serious story, and the sample Funkadelic's I'll Stay. Also, before I play or discuss the content of De La Soul's song in this episode, I did want to give listeners a heads up that the song is a story about a case of sexual abuse. I'm not going to play too much of the song, and I think that the artists treat the subject with the utmost sensitivity and are not too graphic in their language. The song is still groundbreaking because rappers rarely talk about sexual abuse like this, but I still wanted to issue a warning. Alright, so where do I even begin with Funkadelic? You may know George Clinton band leader. He's one of the innovators of funk music. You may know his song Atomic Dog, as it has been sampled many times and is itself a classic. He also created another notable funk band, Parliament. Parliament and Funkadelic come together to form the collective P-Funk, but are also distinct groups. We will almost certainly talk about Parliament at some point, but today it's Funkadelic. Their outstanding albums are Maggot Brain, a classic and defining album of the funk genre, and One Nation Under a Groove. We are going to listen to the song I'll Stay from the album Standing on the Verge of Getting It On, released in 1974. The song starts with an eerie howl, a funky piano, and a laid-back spacey groove. The song features Boogie Masson on bass, Bernie Worrell on keyboards, Eddie Hazel, who's a damn wizard, on lead guitar, Tiki Fullwood on percussion, Ron Brykowski on rhythm guitar, Gary Scheider on rhythm guitar, Calvin Simon, George Clinton, and Grady Thomas on the vocals, and George Clinton also serves as the producer. I'll Stay was sampled by producer Prince Paul for De La Soul's Millie Pulled a Pistol on Santa. It lends a fittingly creepy and sinister sound to this horror story of a song, but it's also incredibly funky. (laughs) 
Prince Paul, the producer of most of De La Soul's discography, is known for quirky use of unconventional samples, and this is an all-time great beat of his showcasing that. Led forward by powerful drums and a smartly placed piano, here's Millie pulled a pistol on Santa. Sophomore album, De La Soul is Dead, is full of queasy, beautiful sounds. It's meant to be an antithesis to the group's first album, Three Feet High and Rising, where they declared a daisy age of hip-hop, spread messages of peace, love, and unity, and created an image of sort of rap hippies (laughs) that we hadn't really seen before. With the second release, they wanted to show that they were far too smart to get stuck in one mode, and they continued showing this versatility throughout their career, The cover of the album is a pot of dead daisies, and the framing story told through skits is that a bunch of kids who think De La Soul is played out are listening to the songs along with you, the listener, and insulting the group in between tracks. So, a song about as grimy of a topic as Millie's story of unreported sexual abuse is welcome on an album with this kind of tone. Now, it's time to come into the lab, the portion of the sample study in which we actually use the sample to make the beat we've been talking about. This particular one starts pretty easy because the central drum beat is left open in the song and I could just sample and loop it easily. There we go. And now for some background, these are the drums from Melvin Bliss's Synthetic Substitution. A very commonly sampled break and Prince Paul has added a finger snap sound to complement the snare on beats two and four of each measure. I've gotten the BPM, or tempo, of this song from the drum beat. It is 87 BPM. Now, listening to the difference between the sample and the milli beat, let's do that for a second. Around this time the slamming drunk was milk is chilling, but even cooler was my social worker. So you see, we're going to have to change the sample's pitch and speed. All right, and I have the sample being pitched up by 3.48 semitones, or 348 cents. So let's do that. Okay, that brings it up to the correct pitch and also the correct speed. Because, of course, when you modify pitch, unless you're using special time-stretching technology. 
a slamming drum with milk So now I should be able to work the sample under the drum beat and make sure that it loops nicely. Okay, so that's the main loop. To make it sound more like it does in the De La song, I'm gonna put it in mono. I'm gonna increase the low mids to accentuate the bass a little bit. I'm gonna filter out the high frequencies down to three kilohertz. It doesn't seem like they had much above that. Uh, I need to eliminate that high hat that we don't even hear in the De La song. So I really, really have to cut out the highs. After that, I add a little bit of the mid to accentuate the guitar and keys in the sample. That's the part we really want to hear. So pretty early on, we hear another loop taken from a different part of the Funkadelic song. Social worker, cause I had some trouble. Anyone who riff on me, I pop that don't like bubble. He bring me to his crib to watch my favorite races. That's how his daughter Millie became one of my favorite faces. She had the curves that made you wanna take. Yeah, that part. Let's find that. It's four minutes into I'll stay. Okay, I'll take that and loop it as well. I really love the way that section sounds. Uh, one thing I've done here is, for some reason it sounds like this in the original sample, is that I've clipped the ends of a few of the notes inside the sample. So only two more things we need to do to recreate this sample and then we're done. I added some simple bass guitar notes under the song to simulate the part where they drop out the sample and just let the bass play. He hooked up a trip to bring us all the laces. He volunteered to play on Santa Claus and Macy's. Child, you got the best. So here's my version. I need to play some piano over certain parts of the sample too. We have this piano line at the very beginning when the sample drops. This is the styling for a title that sounds silly, but nothing silly but the trifling times of Very simple, single notes played hard, clear, and stereo with some nice light reverb, it sounds like. So I'm going to also play that one over mine. Later on, there's another piano line that does not have clarity or reverb. It sounds kind of squashed into mono, and it's got a lot of mid-frequencies. Um, it occurs at a point where they've dropped out the sample. Here's that. When I got home, I found she had tried to call me. Mama, she had kicked to a hey, how you so, doing? So I tried to call the honey, but her line was busy. I guess and here's my version of that one. I duplicated the channel my piano was on, and for this one... I squashed my piano into mono and increased the mid-frequencies. Yeah, sounds fairly accurate. So now I have all the parts of the beat we're going to recreate. 
This is one of my favorite beats, and I was very excited and kind of intimidated to pick it apart. I thought it might be a little harder than it was. I actually thought there was more than one sample in there, for one thing. Got through it okay, though. Let's listen to what we came up with. So now that we're done with the lab, I said I had some news earlier on the show. Here's what's up. Tracklib, a Swedish startup music store set to potentially revolutionize legal sampling, has showed up in closed beta after being talked about and developed for two years. It'll go fully live to the public later this year, but before I describe what Tracklib does, I want to discuss the ways artists sample, both legally and not so legally. So, the legal, squeaky clean, 100% scot-free way to release an album with samples on it is to perform sample clearance. You can do this yourself or find an expert to help you. There are many websites that specialize in helping people clear samples. If an artist is part of a record label, the label usually has a team that will handle this process. Lucky sons of guns. Basically, you find the publisher, figure out who owns the rights to the master recording of your sample, and clear it either by simply getting permission paying a fee up front or negotiating something else. Sometimes everyone's rights to a recording have expired, it's in the public domain and you don't even have to get permission. Sometimes you have fair use because of the way you're using a sample, but every time you should at least check if you're trying to do everything legal. It's also worth mentioning that occasionally an artist's record label will itself own the rights to many songs, allowing the artist to sample freely from some particular collection. For example, if I was on a label that happened to own James Brown's or Bill Withers' songs, I might be able to freely and legally sample those artists all I wanted. There's also the other way, which is sampling whatever you want and flying in the face of the law. Especially if you're selling your music, this can be dangerous, because if you happen to sell a lot, the copyright holders will take notice. They may even take notice if you don't sell a lot, so you're always taking a risk. Uh, And once that happens, the best case scenario is that you'll have to re-release the music without the offending samples. I've seen that done a few times, and it's ruined some really good tracks. The worst case, you're in court facing a huge settlement fee and possibly losing distribution rights. This is a disaster that has struck down a few albums and affected some really great songs. But for smaller-time artists, sometimes using whatever samples you want and keeping your head down is preferable to foregoing the samples you want to use and losing your creative integrity. Until copyright laws approve, let's all keep our heads down and stay in there. But what Tracklib is proposing to do is to offer sampling rights a la carte. Without the painful process of sample clearance, you can legally obtain and use samples through their store. You can browse the records they have on offer, and it should be noted that this is going to be real music from the past and not just music made by Tracklib and uh, you can pay a fee to sample from them legally. 
one thing they mentioned is a feature, and they haven't uh, said how widespread this is going to be, is that they'll sometimes provide stems from a sample. Uh, if you're not familiar, this means separated instrument parts from an original recording, which could be incredibly valuable and revolutionary. These are things that most producers have simply never had access to. Also, they're saying these samples are going to be available at around two bucks each, which is extremely reasonable, considering that sample clearance usually starts when you're talking about the hundreds, hundreds of dollars. So Tracklib could end up being really very cool if producers use it. I'll definitely give it a spin once it is active and report back. So that will do it for this session of the sample study. If you have questions or requests, send them on over to samplestudycast at gmail.com with the subject line questions or requests. You can follow the show on Twitter at samplestudycast, and you can follow me at mellow without the W makes. Mellow makes, all one word. I really appreciate iTunes reviews if you have the time to leave one. It really helps the show get out there, or just tell your friends. If you would like to support the show financially, my Patreon is patreon.com slash 2mellow. That's the number 2, and mellow without a W. And you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash 2mellow. I'm trying to get the Patreon to $300 monthly, and if I do that, all patrons will start getting the sample study a week early. You can purchase De La Soul's De La Soul is Dead at pretty much anywhere you would get music. You can get Funkadelic's record standing at the verge of getting it on, available pretty much anywhere as well. Thanks so much to De La Soul, Prince Paul, Funkadelic, and most importantly, you, for joining me on this session of the sample study. Keep digging. You'll find it.